And this is speaking of writers, I'm Steve Richards. The book is Heartfelt. It's a collection of well-written, thought-provoking works of art. It was not written in the mold or under the guise of a traditional poetry book. Heartfelt is much more than that, destined to stimulate the reader's critical thinking, enhanced by words of wisdom, stirring up breathtaking imagery as the writer's messages pulls the reader further in. The writer's intentions are clear and concise, nudging readers toward a spiritual path, self-love, self-actualization, and spiritual growth. Perhaps the writer's greatest ability resides in allowing the reader to see the world through his eyes with excellent storytelling coupled with profound meaning, giving readers a chance to escape and analyze the harsh realities of this world. The author is Antonio Damone Robinson. Antonio, welcome to this program. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'd like to lead off and show my beautiful book here. Show it, it off. I'm very proud of it. On the back here, you see my, my handsome picture, but also <laughs> a, a tribute. My daughter made this when she was about 11 years old. That's great. Look at the artistic yeah. mind in this young little girl right there. Yeah. So daddy's very proud of her. So he had to get that scan and put on his book. Uh, the, one of the prominent things about my book that I want my readers to understand is that the spiritual journey, it's, it's arduous. It's, it's, it's difficult, painstaking. You're going to go through a lot. You're, you're going to address past childhood traumas, right? But what I want my book to symbolize with this cover, as you can see here, right? You see guardrails, guardrails, the hood of a vehicle, and a road. This puts you on the road to spirituality. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I want people to focus on. Now, underneath here, you see different schools of fish. So I put numbers in there, angel numbers that are in numerological sequences that when put together, they quantify the blessing, like 333, 111, and 222. Uh, the man sitting on top of this cloud here kind of has my likeness, I see. Um, and he's a yoga vitar. Yoga vitars can do anything. I mean, he's sitting on a cloud fishing for goldfish that are numerological number sequences. Uh, right above his head, right here, you see what looks like a small cluster of stars, like a constellation, with a tip of an arrow, an arrow tip. That is pointing out towards the universe as far as an infinite state of consciousness. Uh, consciousness leaves the top part of our head through the Kundalini and enters the quantum field where all things are possible, where you have innumerable outcomes for, you, for your future. And then lastly, we have a crescent moon, a waxing crescent moon, which signifies positivity and faith and a new beginning because it's coming in after the new moon. So that, that's what I want my audience and my readers to understand about this front cover. There's a lot of symbolism in there, a lot of things to hold on to and, and find hope. A lot going on. So Antonio, yes. <laughs> what led you to Heartfelt and writing this book? All right, well, you see, I kind of have my uh, Mamba Forever, number 24, yes. my Laker hat on. I, I play a lot of basketball. Love the game, you know, ever since I was a very young man. and I was playing in a men's league basketball game and man, I ruptured my left Achilles tendon in probably the worst possible way. 
because most of the time, you know, it's a non-contact injury where you're just, you're just walking. Like you'll see, sometimes you'll see the football players that they're about to lunge and they see, you know, they, they can't move forward and they're on the ground and they're raising their arm up. Come get me. I'm done. Or, or like Kevin Garnett in, in the finals uh, with Golden State and he was playing with them. How he was just on the ground and it was just dangling and he was done. Mine, I'm going after a rebound and I see it coming short off of the rim. So it caroms off of the rim's underside. I run over there to get it. I tip it to myself. But as I reach out to, to, to grab it with both hands, you know, Lamar Odom, when I used to watch him win championships with the Lakers, he, he taught me this little savvy technique where you tip the ball and then you corral it makes it easier in traffic well this guy comes from behind me and steps on my heel and puts all of his weight all of his weight and it it was devastating because it, it, immediately i knew it, it was it was really bad not not just a sprained ankle or something like that where you can kind of lift that off or ice it the next day no i, I knew i was in trouble so after that injury what happens well after that injury you know Doubt starts to settle in. You know, we're human. You know, you're, you're fearful about things. The apprehension sets in. Then, you know, you, you kind of kick yourself and say, man, I'm, I'm 39 years old. Why, why did I get hurt like this? Like, I'm not going to be able to go to work anymore. Right? But, you know, after that pity party transpired, I went ahead and, and got the surgery done. Because once you perform the test, they touch my, my calf muscle, right? And they flex the calf muscle. If your toes or anything don't move, then your Achilles is, is ruptured. It's done. So after, after that, after I had the test, had the surgery, went ahead and just isolated myself and healed for about a full month. Because the injury happened in October. So I, I took some advice from you know a guy who was a pro basketball player overseas, a good friend of mine. And he told me just to shut it down for that whole month. So in that month, I mean, you can only watch so much Netflix, right? <laughs> so much Amazon Prime. Uh, so I just said, you know, you know what, let, me, let me start reading again. You know, when I was in college, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't that much of an avid reader. I would just read more so to just, to just learn or get to the next, next phase. But this time, you know, I am starting to be enthralled with books. I start ravaging books. I fall in love with them. I, I'm, I'm hearing the voices of the authors in my head as I read. And the stories that they tell, that they're telling, you know, they just captivating me. So once I, once I started reading diverse books, I came up on this spiritual book. And I had never, like before I, I, was, I was a Christian, I was a devoted Christian man, you know? Um, but so before that, it, it was, you know, the church, the Christian Bible, that's all that was there. When I read this book, this man who, pins down things with an absolute truth. I mean, his book is soaked with absolute truths. And even when you go to research, what he wrote, it's aligned with facts. You know, he talks about a lady named Thursday Newman, who was a living stigmata. You see him taking pictures with um, Gandhi, you know, standing right next to him. Like this, this guy lived what he talked about. So he, his, his altruistic views, and, and he was a very honest person. So I'm, I'm reading this from, from a spiritual man, a Hindu man. Mm. And it taught me that, you know, all religions are important, not just one specific one. And spirituality, if you, you can imagine spirituality, right? Like, so 
imagine a fishbowl, right? And then a specific religion is inside of that fishbowl in the ocean. Now, enter spirituality. Now you're the whole ocean outside of that fishbowl. To me, that, that is a completely different perspective of seeing life. It, it, it does not limit you anymore. It's, it, you're boundless at that point. And what was the name of that author again of that book? Paramahansa Yogananda. So you read that book and now you get yes. back into writing, but you've been writing for a while, right? No, that's, that's the thing. I got into meditation. Mm. I hadn't been writing at all. I wrote my first poem back in like 2016. Mm. I didn't even have the courage. See, this is, this is what a lot of people go through. We, we don't believe in ourselves enough. We don't have the courage to put ourselves out there. I didn't have the courage until 2020 to submit that first poem. And it was just one work that I had accomplished. But I was proud of it enough. And I started believing in myself enough because at, at two, 2016, right, that's when I got the injury, started reading a lot. So it started to take time for the neurological sequences and the neurological pathways in my mind to start rewiring. But once they did around becoming an avid reader and um, a consistent meditator, I was able to enter uh, what Dr. Joe Dispenza calls the quantum field of infinite possibilities. So I was able to slow things down. Like in, people in, in today's society, you know, everybody's on a beta brainwave frequency, just running, 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 fast, 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 go, go, go. Nothing's slowing down in their mind. Like, and, and, and you probably agree with me. Sometimes when you leave that studio and you go home, you have all these thoughts racing through your head, but you don't even know where they're coming from, right? Every like, night. Where are all these thoughts, are they mine? Do they belong to me? Yeah. Uh, so, but if you meditate, you can enter this, this, you can, you go beta, alpha, theta, delta, and gamma. And gamma is super consciousness. That's, that's when you crack open that Kundalina, you decalcify the pineal gland and you crack open that Kundalina. That, that is a super consciousness where you enter the, the quantum field where an innumerable, an, an innumerable amount of possibilities or limitless possibilities exist as far as future outcomes for your life. It's, it's quantum physics. Because now, now you're taking yourself away from a three-dimensional reality where you're relying on your five senses and you're entering a multi-dimensional space where all time exists, all knowledge exists, all everything exists. So when I started meditating, I got into the alpha phase. And you can look on the brainwave frequencies the alpha phase, the waves widen, things get slower. So now you enter this creative phase. So now all these creative abilities that always lived inside of me started to come out and they started to pour out, mm. you know, with, from my heart. That's why I titled the book Heartfelt. We're chatting with Antonio Damone Robinson. His new book is called Heartfelt. So once you started writing, it sounds mm -hmm. like came pretty easy at that point to get this stuff all challenges but i entered a creative flow which which gave me all this passion and desire passion and desire i didn't even know i had for writing but it was it stemmed from reading because reading sharpens writing writing sharpens your reading 
just like a basketball player has to go out there and shoot a hundred to a thousand jump shots or an NFL quarterback has to throw, you know, 50 to a hundred precise passes, learn all these different routes. You have to practice your craft, but I didn't mind doing it because I fell in love with it. And that's why people should really do what they loved to do. How did it help your mental health? Tremendously because it made me smarter, right? Like, I'm going around and most of my life has been as a three-dimensional person. Now I'm entering the fourth, fifth, sixth dimensions. So my consciousness is higher. My awareness is better. I'm more in tune with intuition, clairvoyance, telepathy, because we're, we are, we're all connected in this interconnected physical reality. And then we're also all connected through our consciousness that the universe responds to. Like we're, we're operating at a low three density and, and the universe is allowing it. Could you imagine what the world would be like if we move into five, six, seven, eight density of consciousness for everyone on earth? Uh, empathy, compassion, love, gratefulness, agape love, the highest form of love. You know, things that, you know, human beings, have a hard time doing across the board. Chatting with Antonio Demone Robinson, uh, his new book is Heartfelt. By the way, it is available at writersrepublic.com, also amazon.com, uh, barnesandnoble.com, and books a million as well. We'll mention yes. those uh, before we wrap up with Antonio. Um, some of the other subjects that you cover here, wealth inequality. Yes. Oh man, that is, that is such a big one. And, and that, that is the biggest problem in the world. Yeah. You have a small number of people controlling the majority of the wealth. And, and that's all that continues to happen. I mean, in, in our country, you know, you, you used to have a middle class. No, that's, that's so non-existent. You are either rich or you're poor. And the people that are rich right now are the same ones that were rich in the 1800s. And they had all the momentum in the world using interest to build their wealth. I don't know if you remember this or not, but back in 1970, President Richard Nixon swiped his pen and went away with the classical gold standard. So the American dollar that we were using was pegged to something that was real. Then all of a sudden, we transitioned to interest where you can create money out of thin air. And if you are already rich, already wealthy, now you're going to increase your wealth exponentially, already having a head start over everyone else. So that, that, gives, you, that gives you power, that gives you control, that gives you influence over everything. It makes everyone below you your loyal subjects, or they better be your loyal subjects. You know what I mean? Yeah. How about the subject of racism? Oh, that, that is a one that, you know, really burns my heart. But I used a um, poem in there to kind of detail the race lines called Going Through Hoops. So back, back in the 60s, you know, you had really thick race lines, especially in the South. You know, if you had black skin, the darker you wore, the more you were hated. If you were light-skinned, you were still hated, but not as much. So in that story, going through hoops, I take a young kid 
who grew up in an inner city project area. Uh, that's why I mentioned and I detail Section 8 housing in there. And he has the hope and the dream of becoming an NBA player, but he's mixed. He's black and he's Hispanic, living in a low socioeconomic environment uh, with a destitute situation. You know, he's, he's, I detail that he's being raised by his grandmother, you know, because in, in a lot of these environments, the mom is, is strung out on drugs. The dad is probably in gangs. So you have a black man or a mixed man growing up without a father and a mother, but most predominantly without a father, which is a very bad head start for any human being, especially a black man. And then I, I take him on a journey into, let, let's say like Huntington Beach or Laguna Beach, because you can, you can plant the picture anywhere in that home where you want to be, but, it, but it's, a, it's a coastal beach environment. And I put him on, on a street where he's, he's dressed in a certain way where someone could assume he's a gang member, but we should never really judge a book by its cover. You know, assumptions aren't always a good thing, but I, I uh, detail a couple inside of there who see him and they scurry to the opposite side of the street because they view him as a threat based on the color of his skin and his attire. But little did they know, he has a 4.0 GPA. In spite of his circumstances, he feeds people uh, two times a week at a, at a um, Thanksgiving. He works at a convalescent home a couple times a week. Uh, he's just an outstanding individual. Oh, and by the way, he, he dribbles like Kyrie Irving. He has the strength of LeBron James. He has the offensive prowess of, of Kobe Bryant. He's, he's a phenomenal player. That's why go, going through hoops is a great story to paint a good picture about racism in, in America. You also cover uh, the subject of war. Yeah, which that, that war to me is the worst thing we can do to each other. Because that's, that's what we're doing. You know, you go over like, like we're over here in Ukraine, right there, over here in Ukraine, Russia's annihilating people in Ukraine, you know, other parts of the world, there's been war that's transpired. We're killing each other. We are killing other human beings, someone's brother, someone's daughter, someone's husband, someone's wife. And for what? For resources, for money, for power, to, to continue with the totalitarian regime. What, what are we accomplishing as humanity through war. To me, nothing, absolutely nothing. It's futile. And then finally, the subject of homelessness too. Oh, yeah, that, that is a disheartening subject. You know, uh, sometimes I, I go over to LA and man, my heart is heavy. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I went and visited my dad and I was coming home and I ended up getting off on the wrong exit. So I had to come around this curve. So you have the freeway overpass, yep. then you go underneath. And it's almost like a dark alleyway when you're going underneath it because it was in the evening. And the homelessness, the, the, the destitutedness of the situation was completely disheartening. I, I just, I drove through there so slow. And immediately the thought that crossed my mind is, why, why do we as human beings 
allow another human being to suffer like that. Sleep on the street. You know, in, in the daytime, it's L.A., so, you know, it's blistering hot, over 100 degrees. The, the only reprieve they have is in the nighttime. And, and when they do, they're, they're laying on dirty concrete, with trash surrounding them inside of the tent with the same clothes they've had on for weeks. And they probably don't even know where their next meal is coming from. You know, in, in my heart, no one should, should ever go without shelter. No one should ever go without food. And no one should ever go without clothing. And, and we have the resources all over the world to do it, but we don't because of various class structures, uh, distinctions, you know, ways of life that to me are, are barbaric and archaic. If I live in Asheville, North Carolina, big problem with homelessness here in this city and was most recently in visiting Austin, Texas, and, you know, a lot of homelessness there as well. Uh, all over, really. Chatting and it's increasing. With, and it is, yeah. Uh, Antonio Damone Robinson, the book is Heartfelt. You know, I was reading, so you were quite the singer and are quite yes. the singer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I, uh, sing, singing is my, uh, my first passion. I, I love singing. And, you know, at some point, I want to get back to that. I really do. Did you sing in choirs? I sang in choirs. Uh, one of my proud moments uh, was that I was outstanding male vocalist three years in a row at my high school. And my, uh, my, my choir director, you know, he saw me in basketball practice one time. Because in, in the gym we had, it was, you, you had the choir stage right here in the curtain, and then you had the gym over here. And they were preparing for something else, but I was playing, I was practicing hooping, and he saw me dunking. And he walked over to me, and he told me, he said, you know what? You are a real renaissance man. <laughs> and I said, thank you. Thank you very much. And finally, Antonio, what would you like readers to take away from this book, Heartfelt? Most importantly, I pinned down hope, inspiration, and spirituality, but hope, inspiration, believe in yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Don't have fears. Don't have regret. None of that stuff has anything to do with you staying present. None of those things are going to help you build a wonderful future for yourself. You, know, you are in control of your destiny, and it all starts within your mind and in your heart. Brain and heart coherence is a real thing. Great advice. And if you get sidelined by injury, read and then start. <laughs> yes. Be, become a voracious reader. Gracious reader, yes, after you exhaust Netflix. Um, <laughs> and Amazon yeah. Prime, yeah. <laughs> Antonio Damone Robinson, uh, the book is heartfelt. Again, writersrepublic.com, you can get it. Uh, Barnesandnoble.com, Amazon.com, and also Books A Million. Been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me, Antonio. Thank you so much for having me.